live. Yes. Sick. Um, so I'm I'm excited because we have a OG guest, a veteran, here today. Um, we have Mr. Wild Bill, as I call him, Oberander, Billy O. Um, he's back with us. This is his third appearance on this uh, on this podcast, but the first time talking to Jordan, and obviously the first time talking to Joe. Joe is back with us today. Um, hey, um, Jordan. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin can't be with us. He is uh, he's at work at the moment doing um, doing the important stuff. So we uh, we're gonna carry the torch for him. But um, yeah, I guess before we dig into stuff with Billy, um, it would just be sweet to kind of catch up. Jordan, maybe we just do like a little roundup from last week. Last week we talked a lot about that diagram, um, focusing on kind of who we want to be during this pandemic, during this situation. Um, it was a really good conversation for me. I'm curious how you felt afterwards, but also, um, you know, I think you've been a little bit more active in the Facebook group this week. Did you see anything or like, have you seen any like kind of good response from that conversation at all when you posted the graphic? Yeah, look, I think in general, what uh, I'm hoping to share in that group and what I'm seeing is just a lot of self-awareness, people being reflective and hopefully honest and kind enough to, you know, not only share their experience publicly, but at least for themselves internally to just start paying attention uh, to what's going on with them. Uh, yeah, there's been some like really good sharing. Uh, of course, what you'd expect, there's a lot of people who are anxious and and some of them for like real good reason, whether it's um, uh, having a baby on the way or having a job where you're exposed to people who are, uh, you know, contagious right now. Um, but yeah, it, it's been really nice to just be active in the group and and to see the 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 community building, the engagement, and 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 look, this we we started doing this again. Not only the podcasts, uh, but uh, being more active, facilitating community in that group because we knew it was uh, not only important and helpful for us, but we figured it would be uh, of value to many people out there. And uh, it's been nice to see that. It's something that's needed and appreciated out there. Yeah, it, it. I'm I'm happy that we started doing this again, um, just because we uh, we are seeing a need for it. I think just based on people's reactions, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I'm down to keep it up, and hopefully we can continue to sort of, um, I guess, help facilitate a conversation and help people that need it um and I, I think part of that um not to like you know perfectly segue into this but part of that is being honest part of that is like us being willing to share things um and joe you know you and i were texting earlier this week um you mentioned to me that you were just kind of having a rough couple days um I don't know if you feel good, sh comfortable sharing that, but by all means, go yeah, for it. For sure. Yeah, the last week or so, my depression and anxiety have been kind of up and down, filling in each other. 
so like if I'm not feeling depressed, I'm feeling anxious, or if I'm not feeling anxious, I'm just kind of feeling depressed. And I don't think there was anything really specific to have triggered it. Because um, even when I'm not in this, when we're not in this situation, that happens. Um, sometimes there's a reason, sometimes there isn't. Um, but it's a little bit more sort of gray and sticky when you're in the situation we're all in. Um, but I've, I've sort of, can you hear my cat? Can you hear my yeah. cat meowing? Oh yes. Pain in the ass. She should be going soon. Uh, I'm not killing her. Just Nat's going to come and take her. But, um, uh, <laughs> I was like going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a pen next to me just in case. Um, yeah, it's been up and down and it's, it's been sort of harder to distract myself, if you will, which is something that I find really helps, whether that's with work or exercise or, or going out somewhere, just because we are in such a sort of caged in uh, space and mentality, I guess. But yeah, I spoke to you about, I think there's depression specifically. I was just saying I was feeling depressed and you got me doing the cold shower stuff. Which has been good. I did yeah, that for my. Have you kept up with it? Yeah, I've done my third day in a row. And has it gotten a little easier each time? Way easier. Yeah, just the second day was way easier because I knew what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, do you feel like it kind of shocks you into the present to where like you're not thinking about things that may upset you or cause scatterbrain or turmoil or depression like do you do you feel like it has good mental effects even though it's only been a few days i'm just curious if it's been positive for sure um i think because i shower like near first thing in the morning mm -hmm. um and i don't tend to wake up feeling if i have depression or anxiety i don't tend to wake up with it so i haven't sort of tested it midday if you will but i might do but um it's certainly a fresh way to start the day and it makes me invigorated um first time was hard and because you've got you got me doing it for 30 seconds at the end of my shower and you aim to like count down and control your breath um and the first time i think i got i managed to control my breath at like second 28 mm -hmm. um and then like the second time it was like by 10 seconds or something yeah good so, um but no it certainly wakes me up and makes me feel ready to take the day on that's great yeah the next step after you do this for a few more days is to sort of increase it a bit mm. um and it's you'll be ready for it you know by that point but the next step is to do like 30 seconds to start the shower right yeah. so i know but you'll, but you'll get it and, and I'll, I'll like i'll give you some pointers on how to get in but start with 30 seconds then do warm you know wash do your thing and then turn it 30 seconds again cold and then go back to warm for however long you want and then end it 30 seconds cold one more time so it's like 30 hot 30 hot 30 and then you end it and then you do that for like five days and then we start just increasing it further from there. Um, but it's it's just so good for you. And I mean, everybody listening and 
you know, Bill, I don't know if you ever got into the cold shower thing, aside from like being at venues and <laughs> being part of crew to get to shower <laughs> last. But like, I mean, there are serious health benefits to it. Um, but Joe, I mean, that's the whole point. It's like, it is scary at first, but the more you do it, the more confident you become with it, the more able to control your mind and your center. Um, not only is it helping physically, but mentally, it's this, like we talked about with Benny and Jeff, it's this idea of knowing you're going to face something that is challenging and hard and doing it anyway and being confident through it and controlling your emotions, controlling what is happening to your body. And the reason that you do it in steps is because as you build up, like like right now, I'm at a point with it where I'm doing two showers a day. So in the morning right out of bed, I jump in and I'm doing 10 minutes straight, all cold for 10 minutes. Um, and I have a timer and everything. I like, I, it's tough at first because when you're exposed to that cold, it's not just about mental anymore. You start feeling physical effects of it. And that's where you have to really sort of learn how to send messages from your brain to other parts of your body to close off, um, your center to keep yourself warm. And it's all about learning how to use willpower and mental strength mm. to send messages to parts of your body to basically try to keep them warm. Um, and it works like you get really good at it. Um, and then I'll do it later in the day after my sauna. Um, and I won't do it as long, but I'm finding myself now looking forward to the cold exposure in the showers and ending the showers cold because of how good you feel when you step out. Um, so I, it's like, it's weird now for me to take a solely warm shower. Like I, it, I haven't done it since I started doing this and I don't know, it's just something that, um, is very refreshing. So anyway, but I do hope that, um, along with that, I, I just, I hope you're, um, able to, to sort of find ways to pull yourself out of those moments um, even though we are sort of boxed in. Yeah. I mean, I, in, in talking to you too, you seem a lot better, even just the next day you felt better. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sort of intermittent. Um, but the main thing that's helped has just been exercise. Um, like it's a dramatic change. If I'm feeling shit and I exercise, I will almost instantly feel just 10 times better. Yes, yeah, so I can't sort of praise that enough. But just to quickly go back to your point about the sort of willpower thing of the cold shower, I can totally see how that works. Because when I wake up, one of the first things I think, like just the last three days, I'm not, I've only done it three days, but is I think like, ugh, I don't want to do that. But then I'm like, well, if I can't do that, then how am I going to push myself to do other stuff? And right. I remember one of the first things you ever said to me way back when was in my like messy bedroom at my parents' house. You were like, make your bed, because if you can't make your bed in the morning, you're not going to be able to do anything else. And yeah. I've always remembered that. And it's kind of like the same thing. So pushing myself yeah. to do this unpleasant thing is going to sort of, I can see how it's going to train me mentally to then apply the same, I guess, mental strength to other situations. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that will really start getting to you which is the days that you really don't want to do it. Like the days when you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, like this is the last thing I want to do. That's the day that you should really do it. 
Yeah. Right? Because the reality is you're not walking into something, a situation that's dangerous, that's going to hurt you or harm you. It's a cold shower. But by committing to it and like focusing on it, knowing that it's something you really don't want to do, to your point, is just a great training tool yeah. for the tons of other things that we don't want to do in our lives that are usually not that bad once mm-hmm. we actually do them. It's always yeah. worse in our minds than than the reality of it for the most part. You know, I mean, it, there's always exceptions to that. But, you know, when it comes to things that are fairly benign that we don't want to do, once we do them, we always typically find like a something about it. They're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I actually really like this aspect of it, you know. So just keep yeah. doing it, man, because it, it, it'll be like a bug that, that gets in your head about, like, oh, man, I don't want to do this, but this is one of those things that I really just need to buckle down and do. Like working out. There's a day, might be a day when you're like, Ugh, I don't want to work out. But then you think about, well, that's all the more reason to go work out and think about how much better I'll feel mentally after achieving that. I'll feel accomplished, even if it's for 10 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but that's good, man. We'll just get back at least you know how to get back to center. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if I can't on my own, I've got my wife and my therapist on the end of the phone and my parents on the end of the phone. So, and me. It's, yeah, I guess. And, uh, and Jordan. Yeah. I mean, Bill. yeah, well, Bill's my go-to now. So <laughs> well, do you, do you drink coffee in the morning? Uh, or do you, do you drink yeah. coffee? After your showers? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, when I when I toured with uh, this band, Fallujah, their drummer, Andrew, he was like, he didn't drink coffee, and he was all about taking the shower in the morning, super fucking cold. And I don't think it had anything to do with Wim Hof. Um, but apparently what he liked to do is activate that uh, the fight or flight thing in mm. your body. It's like he, the way he described it to me, he's like, Bill, if they just picked you up and tossed you in a stream, your body would turn every possible thing it could on to get you out of the stream. You know what I mean? So he would go and, and douse himself in cold water. And that was like his way of waking up in the morning without having to drink anything. And like, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, the, the cold shock response is like. A legit thing. I remember watching a Bear Grylls thing where he just strips off all his clothes and jumps into like an ice river and he's like, the first thing you've got to do is try and control your breath. Um, and he was talking about the cold shock response because it's legit and that's what causes people to like die in cold rivers is the panic and the hyperventilating. Um, so useful tip. If you fall into cold water, control your breath. <laughs> Well, what I like about what, you know, Benny Greb was sharing, his experience of doing that uh, was not fighting it, you know, kind of working with the shock and and the the cold, um, but, you know, relying on our body to do what it's designed to do. And often the more that we resist that, uh, the more tension we create, uh, that often does not help. Um, Our bodies are far more intelligent than our minds are. You know, our, our bodies are literally designed for us to uh, survive and procreate and to heal itself. Um, 
So when, yeah, when we put our bodies under stress, like a cold fucking shower, I think the more that we can breathe and relax and ease into it, um, then we're working with that stimulus. And, and that's where our internal strength, uh, you know, really comes into play. The more we do that in a, in a more uh, open, relaxed, accepting kind of energy. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, it, it, it does, it's an interesting sort of um, process because it makes you start to seek out other things that can challenge you the same way. And it's something that I've noticed. And I got to say, over the past few weeks, four or five weeks of us talking, doing the podcast again, I feel like I've gone through a pretty big um, transition mentally and physically, but mentally with like being able to tackle this situation a lot better than I was when we first started talking. I feel like I was a mess and that anxiety about things hasn't gone away, but I've embraced it and like decided that I have control over how I deal with that sort of stimulus. And, um, I really do attribute like the regimen and forcing myself to do things on a daily basis that are hard, um, to, to, I, that's what I attribute it to, you know? Um, that's the reason why I feel like I've gotten better. So the, the, the lesson there is like things like that aren't going to happen overnight. You're not going to take three cold showers and all of a sudden you can face, you know, anything and climb Mount Everest. But like if you do it over and over and do more things over and over for weeks, months at a time, you start to develop a bit of a harder, um, a stronger mind, I guess, you know, and just like any muscle, you, the more you train it, the stronger it gets. And, and the more sort of autonomic um, it, it becomes with how you react to things, if that makes sense. At least I've no, I, I think I've noticed that. Yeah, you know? it, it's a resilience. And, and, and Bill, you know, I don't know much about you. I want to learn a lot right now. And, and especially for those listening that may not be familiar with a lot of the, you know, really impressive work that you've done. So maybe if you could just kind of give an overview of uh, what you've done, what you do, uh, but also maybe frame it with this conversation in the sense of, you know, you're on the road, you have all kinds of different responsibilities. Uh, many of them are high pressure situations. So like in what ways has uh, doing the work that you've done for many years now helped strengthen your own resilience? Um, definitely, definitely being road crew for different bands <clears throat> makes you, it's, it's weird. It's like cer certain gigs you work for for years and it has this whole family thing that, that comes with it. But so, then like that band goes to record a record and you got to work for another band in the in between. And you're like, you're working with this group and you're working with this group and you're just kind of like filling in and you're, you have to, you have to be able to fit in any kind of situation. And it's like, whether it's like dealing with with egos or or it's dealing with people in, in the band being hired guns or uh, there's power struggles and and you show up and there's weird drama happening and you're the new guy and people vent to you when they're drunk and you have to be able to like you have to be able to like deal with a bunch of weird nonsense when you're not with your main dudes hopefully 
hopefully when you're with your main dudes, it's not all crazy. But um, not every situation's fantastic. And like, I've worked for so many different kind of weird bands and so many different things. And it's just, it's, you just have to like, you have to be able to fit into any kind of situation. So with that, you have to be able to deal with it and you have to deal with the stress and hopefully you have someone to vent to. Luckily, luckily I've, I've been with the same, uh, same girl for, for over five years now. So when I'm like pulling my hair out and I'm freaking out, I call her and I dump on her, you know, and I'm like, Hey, like help me. I'm losing my mind, you know? Um, but it's, 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 it's ideal. It's ideal when you're like with a team and you're like, it's, it's, it, it if you're, if you're able to land in a situation like that, you're, it's lucky. Um, right now I'm, I'm lucky. I, I work mainly for hate breed in America and I work for this Norwegian band Leprous and I work for them internationally. And those are my two main gigs right at the moment. Um, and it's, family vibes both all around with both gigs i'm very 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 fortunate but it hasn't always been that way and you know it can get weird out there and get weird and get weird real quick <laughs> are, there, are there um you know so so i have a different well i have a lucky perspective because i've gotten a chance to tour with you and been on multiple tours with you over the years um i have a a a very lucky perspective to have seen you with one of those family scenarios and toured with you living in a bus together mm-hmm. in those family scenarios. Um, and what we're talking about is periphery and the contortionist did a tour together and we did a bus share and bill was, uh, was out with, with the contortionist at that time. That's when we really got to know each other. We had known each other and known of each other for a long time, but, we all really meshed well and both bands had that family vibe all, you know, all in, I think as a whole. Yeah. My dudes loved your guys before we even had to share that bus together. But when we shared yeah. the bus, that's when, the, that's when we clicked. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But what I noticed too, even then was, was, um, you know, well, let me, let me put it this way. Like whenever you do a, a something like that, where you have one group, mesh with another group everybody's kind of feeling each other out even if you know each other because you can be friends with somebody for a long time but never live with them right the minute you start living with other people then you 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 get to a whole nother level of intimacy um you know in that way and you start to really pick up on habits and you start to pick up on tendencies and you know who who does well in this situation who's a good hang who's a bad drunk who's a you know <clears throat> who's funny who's quiet who needs their sleep it, like you really start to pick up on that um, the point that i'm getting to though is when you are in a situation where you are the new guy you're surrounded by new people it's just starts off as just work um, do you have like a, for lack of a better word, like a checklist that you sort of internally like kind of tick off as you go, like a sort of, um, almost like a lift, a, a list of like self-aware things that you keep track of that you try to like gauge if that makes sense. I don't, maybe you haven't ever thought of it that way before, but I'm curious, like, well, well like the, with, I've never truly had a list, but 
it immediately makes me with as soon as you started talking about it, the the gig that I've I, the gig that I did recently, and I guess recently is relative because it was I guess in 2018. But when I worked for uh, Necro Goblet Con, yeah, okay, so um, I had never heard of the band ever in my life. Um, uh, Brett Powell was hit me Warped up. Tour? Warped Tour, yeah, it was Warped yeah. Tour 2018. So it was the last Warped Tour. I did Warped Tour in 2013 with a DJ, uh, Big Chocolate. The guy that did the... Uh, yeah, I know, I, I know Big Chocolate, yeah. yeah. Did a bunch of dubstep, suicide, silence stuff. Um, yeah. he's, he's the best dude ever. Um, I did it like 40-some, I think it was 43 shows with him in 2013. And it was a horrible tour, but it was a great tour, you know. Like it was like it was like brutal, work hard, party hard. Became friends with people that stayed with friends with the whole time. Uh, since then, the last one was coming, and I got the offer through Brett to work for them. And I was like, oh man, I don't know the band at all, but I want to do it. I want to do the work tour one more time. Let's go. And I'll never forget it because I was on tour with Aborted. And that was a tour that I didn't know the guys. But I showed up and it was like homie crew. Like I showed up and my driver slash tour manager, his name's Garrity. Me and him toured on a, a faceless BT Bam contortionist tour years ago. Loved that guy. It was him. And then Chris Rahubka was my sound guy. Me and him did an Animals Chon tour years ago. He's like my guy. Um, and then the, the I, I fell in love with the, the the lighting guy, Niels. Shout out to Niels, the homie. It was his first U.S. tour. Um, but went from this like party homie, like getting hammered and death metal blast beats for like 30 days straight. Flew directly from that into Warp Tour. And I'll never forget showing up day one. It's like day zero for Warp Tour, but I like didn't sleep and I partied with Dusty from BT Band the last night of tour, and he's the one that like I slept on his couch that night, and then yeah. flew to the airport from his house. That was probably a, a very mild party. It was a mild party. <laughs> yeah, it was a mild party, dude. It was like the Fallujah Boys were recording with Mark Lewis, and they all came, mm. and every. It was like at this aborted show in Nashville. It was like a, it was a party. It was a party night. But yeah. Um, yeah, but I'll never forget showing up to the Necro Rig, and I didn't know any of them. And they had like they're like a six piece band with a goblin, with a videographer. We had guitar tech, a TM. I didn't know anybody, and I showed up, and I'm just like, hey guys, and and I'm like. You know, and I'm like looking at everybody and I'm like gauging like, I'm like, oh, like who has a Nintendo? Like uh, who looks like they're high? I'm like looking at my tour manager. I'm like, uh, is anyone drinking? I'm like, what time is it? It's like one in the afternoon. I'm like, is anyone drinking yet? I'm like trying to see like who my degenerates are, you know, and like my radar's pinging and. And then someone's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go roll a joint." I'm like, "Oh, you you have weed?" And then I'm like, "I'm like, hey, let's hang out." And then hopefully they're my key to the rest of everything. And um, it's all about trying to see who your allies are, you know, when you show up and try and like bond on a general like like someone's playing Zelda. It's like, oh shit, dude, like blah 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 blah. And ho hopefully that that works, but. 
you just got to look for your opening and you got to try and be friendly and not creepy. That's like the main thing. It's like, hey, you want to be my friend? It's like, no. Right. <laughs> yeah, this big, like, six foot four dude coming in, being like, hey, buddy. Um, and you were doing merch for, for Necro? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. The, so, I did, uh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, one, merch is a serious job where like they got to trust you because you're dealing with their bread and butter. But merch on the warp tour brutal is like the, is like jumping in an ice lake. It's a gauntlet. Like, right. I mean, how, so that tour was what? Eight and a half, nine weeks. Yeah. It's, it's 40 some shows, but there's a lot of off days, but we had to do like 27 shows in a row at the end. And at the end, almost at the end of the stretch, Warp Tour gave all the crew these shirts that say Warp Tour 18. And on the back it says, uh, we'll do better next year. And it's like a joke that we had to do 27 shows in a row. And there's, there is no next year. It's like a, it's like a fuck you shirt. It's like, oh right. my God. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, that's a hard, very hard tour. So I'm just, I'm, I remember seeing um, content that, um, is it John Goblicon or like, is that what, right? I remember seeing that, like those interview videos that he put out. Oh yeah. And he was interviewing you. That, that's the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life. But it <laughs> seems like it went well. It went really well, but like, uh, it was weird, dude. Like we had walkies on that tour, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like at my booth and I'm like hustling goblin plush dolls. And like neon teal goblin tank tops, and I get a call like, "Yo, you come come to the bus." So I'm like, "All right." So I go to the bus, and, uh, and they're like, "There's this whole video shoot thing, like Hollywood as fuck. There's like all these fancy lights, all these fucking crazy cameras. There's like all these audio dudes, and there's like booms, and it's like, it's like you took like the camera from like any kind of TV set." And then went back 15 feet so you could see everything. I was like, oh, my God. It was outside of our trailer. The uh, I hope this isn't blowing the spot up. But no, the, yeah. the homie, the, my dude that I, I toured with, the homie, he is the John that's on stage every day. But they have, like, a, a dude they fly in who does this whole character. And he has, like, hours and hours of makeup that has to happen before he goes out. And the stage homie isn't the dude in the the videos. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a real actor, you know? So they fly this guy in and he has to, you know, do all this stuff. And I mean, the makeup is... Have you seen it, Jordan? It's intense. Uh, Necro... I'll I'll send you pictures of Necro Goblicon. But I mean, it's like Hollywood level makeup. And the dude is a goblin. Like green monster goblin. Legit. It's, It's pretty cool. It's not like a mask. It's... Real makeup. Love that. I've, seen, I've seen Guar a couple times and appreciate that production. This is next level. So, so yeah. the live show is is similar to Guar because the homeboy just like paints this part green and then puts on the mask and he has gloves and he wears a Hawaiian shirt and it's like a thing, you oh. know. Um, but the when they film it, it's totally next level and they like totally. It's Hollywood as fuck. Um, well, they I show up and they're like, hey. They're going to interview you. And I was like, what? 
like you for real and they're like yeah hold on they're like they did like this makeup woman is like makeuping me and i'm like oh my god like what the and then they like (laughs) put on a microphone on like in my shirt like i had a button-up mashuga shirt on i think they're like they like put it up through my shirt and like put it in my collar and then they had like a second microphone on me and they're like put me in there and put me on their spotlight didn't prep me at all i had never watched their show you know and they just threw me into it and it, it worked it was really funny and it was really weird it was all just one take and they loved it and we, I, I just walked away like oh my god that was fucking weird that was so weird a guy just got interviewed by a goblin you know yeah. Like, yeah it's like uh i don't know if anybody listening or you guys have seen the movie legend ever like an old ass movie with tom cruise but Mike like loves that movie yeah, it's like the same same style of of, of makeup. Um, no, that's that's. I remember seeing that and being like, "That's uh, it's just a cool experience." Because they 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 that band in particular has a very obviously a very interesting position. Um, how they do things is different than anybody else on that level. Um, but you know, go, going back to just Warp Tour alone, I mean, it's it's funny because. There's I won't say names, but there's people that I know that I've worked with, people that you know, Billy, um, who when you say warp tour, they're like, Nope. You know, like PTSD or they they, they're so freaked out that they don't even want to fucking do it. Exactly. I mean, it's just because of how grueling it is, um, you know, what I don't know if we ever talked about this before, but I would imagine you as dealing with merch you're working probably with chuck um chuck the homie yes yeah chuck Dale, who's the merch manager for the tour but you know the 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 buses and the vehicles are parts one place with the trailers and then you got to walk sometimes I, I would imagine a good mile yeah here it's it's a good workout that um, like warp tour you don't need to work out you don't need to worry about working it into your schedule because every day you're grinding it like you're dragging your dick through glass yeah. pushing shit up hills both ways you know it's like it's like the it, it's crazy like it'll you'll push up a hill uh in the morning and then it'll rain and become a mud pit and then you have to get your rig down the hill and it's a mud pit it's worse than pushing it up the fucking thing in the morning it's like oh <laughs> well and then talk about so were you guys on a bus at, at, for that that run did they did they have a shower in the bus or did you have to do the showers on the tour um Dude, it all blurs but i think more than often i think our bus driver blew it and we didn't have water um, I often had to do the shower shuffle where you had to go and sit down. But I kind of, as weird as it is and as shitty as it is, the Warp Tour shower shuffle is one of the best bonding experiences. Um, I'll end up sitting there and I'm like sitting there and then someone cracks a joke and it, he's the water guy. And then it's like, oh, this guy plays bass in this pop punk band that's on a stage that I never even go to. And then, oh, this guy works in production, and this guy's a rigger. Oh, and this this chick is the tour manager for this band. It's just like you end up meeting these people, and you end up sitting there waiting fucking 30, 40 minutes while some douchebag takes way too long in the shower. But then you end up at a barbecue with your band, 
and you're like walking around and then it's like oh like this is the homie from the shower and like little things like that ripple you know me know a bunch of weird people so as shitty as it was like yeah. the showers were like one of the the, the weird bonding experiences because i never went to catering like my tm had to do that for me because i was at the table right so a lot of people bond at catering where they're in line for food and then you sit down and you have to do the cafeteria, like who sits with who. And I didn't have to do that, which I'm kind of happy about because that kind of stresses me out just thinking about that, like having to do like the cafeteria table thing on Warp Tour with all these people that I'm like, oh. But uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I, I loved as, as shitty as Warp Tour was, I fucking loved it, man. I, I, loved, I loved doing it. Yeah, I, I worked a conference in D.C. a, a couple months ago. It was the uh, North American Feder Jewish Federations of North America. It was the Jewish leaders across, you know, uh, uh, North America. And I, I came in, I did 90 minutes of my drum circle rhythm empowerment type type work. And uh, they invited me to get there early. I, I tried to beat traffic and I was invited to, um, you know, to dinner. On opening night, you know, my program was was like the last thing of, of day one. Um, and it was that like grade school experience. I hadn't felt that in so long. There's these long ass tables, hundreds of people. And, and a lot of the people there um, came from like the same, you know, uh, uh, federation within their city. So maybe from, uh, you know, Minneapolis, there's four that all came together. So people know each other. They're sitting in their packs. And I'm this guy literally with my tray of food walking up to strangers. Hey, is this seat taken? And I got, I got like four, like, yes, the seat is taken. Like brutal. good luck elsewhere. It was, yeah. So, you know, I, I found the guy that was sitting by himself, uh, and I'm like striking up conversation, but like, I can tell he doesn't really care that much. Um, and it's like feeling out, like, how much do I engage? How much do I just shut the fuck up and, like, eat this salmon and, like, go set up for my group? <laughs> Dude, the times, the times that I've been on Warp Tour, I don't I, – like, I'll go to catering and then I'll, I'll go back to wherever I'm stationed to eat of, because of how awkward that can be. <laughs> uh, it's real, dude. We did a festival, uh, I guess – last year and like and sort of fall last year it was um self-help fest that that we did out in california and tada was the caterer and you know a day to remember and under oath and Beartooth and all these bands are all friends like everybody we're all we're all we all know each other animals as leaders is there but it was still like where do i sit like who do I choose to sit with? Who who's like looking at me right now, being like, "Don't sit here, don't sit here, don't sit here." You know, it, it's it's a kind of a shitty feeling. So I, I I get why you feel like you were lucky to not have to deal with that because <laughs> it can be weird. Um, something you know, you start talking about the the camaraderie and the community, um, <clears throat> and obviously um, there's a lot of people on the warp tour, as with all of the tours that, that you're a part of and I'm a part of where the people you're working with and not to get too serious, but, but it is something I want to address the people you're working with. Um, that's what they do. Like, like you're talking about, you are, you, you have two bands that are your bands that you tour with right now. It can change. You do go out with other different groups here and there, but this is your career and it is a career. You've worked your way up the chain 
to not only be working with bigger bands and bigger shows and more responsibility, but different roles, higher pay, just, you know, it's, it's a, it is a actual career path for a lot of people. Um, I was talking to my buddy, Travis, uh, who did lights with periphery on the last tour, you know, Travis, I love Uh, that guy. Travis is one of the greatest dudes ever. I, I was texting with him yesterday and Travis is, is one of the, what I would call like normally one of the lucky ones because when he's not on tour he's got a house gig at at the fillmore in um is it charlotte right charlotte Charlotte. yeah yeah he's at the fillmore exactly so i was talking to him and i was like you know are you able to go in to work or to do anything at the venue or you know is there anything he's just like no man like uh, you know we're i I got a little bit of savings but we're all kind of in the same boat and um the point that I'm getting to is, I mean, it's been really cool to see a lot of different um, initiatives pop up. Obviously, there's the big ones like Music Cares. There's other ones that have been coming up left and right to to help crew members, people that are that really make this industry go round. Um, but as somebody who is literally on the front lines of that, I'm curious, you know, and maybe other people are too. Like I was saying, that are in different industries but experiencing similar things like how are you and and the people that you're friends with that are part of this community um how are you dealing with this and like sort of what's your outlook on the whole thing because i've heard different aspects i mean travis said some things to me yesterday that i was kind of surprised to hear um along the lines of like i can hold out as long as i can but i'm also considering looking into other career paths and it's like fuck because he's a talented dude, as you are, as many he's, are. He's a gangster, and, and, and he's he's infinitely skilled beyond the years he has in the game. He's yeah. like, he's got the world is that guy's oyster. He's going to kill it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I'm, curi- I'm, I'm curious sort of how you're looking at things. You know, you, you are, at least in my experience, you know, a very lighthearted, optimistic dude who is very aware of the room and how to – bring levity and happiness to a situation but i'm curious how this situation is affecting you and, and again like what what your outlook is you know going forward well i've done like the stereotypical things where i've signed up for the grammy grant and i signed up for the music cares thing the shitty thing is like my music cares thing they responded to me right away um and then like said something was wrong and then haven't responded to me in like three weeks. So I know like a million people have emailed them in between them saying something was wrong with my thing. And so I applied for the grants and I've applied for unemployment, but Kansas hasn't like Kansas, the like Kansas, the state has said like, Hey, like people that get 1099s, AKA people like me and Travis that work for bands. If you're a dude that works for a band and they're on the books, that you'll get a 1099 tax form. What that means is you have to file. You can't file normal easy thing because it's a miscellaneous form and there's all this red tape. Um, uh, bottom line, um, I'm I'm just I'm just like I, I've I've applied for I've applied for everything I can. I'm just sitting and waiting. Um, Kansas, they changed the law to allow me to get unemployment, but they haven't figured out how they want to do it. So 
they said that you're supposed to get whatever plus $600 a week or a month or two weeks. I don't know what the hell the, the, the time frame is, but I'm supposed to apply for it every week. And then supposedly they might give me back pay. That's not confirmed. Every week I just go on and sign up for it. Um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to sign up for everything I possibly can on that front. Um, as far as employment goes and like what my plan is, my plan right now is I was supposed to be, um, originally I was supposed to be on tour with Monuments. I was doing a six-week tour with them in Sky Harbor. On that tour, I was going to make a good chunk of money doing merch for both bands with, with tips. And uh, it was going to be awesome. I wanted to buy a car, cash, and then I wanted to start driving Uber and not tour as much. That all kind of got flip-flopped around when I was in Europe on my last tour. I got an offer to work for Bad Wolves. Um, they're that huge rock and roll band that had been killing it. Yep. Uh, Robbie Brown is their sound guy. Yep. Robbie Brown and I worked for the contortionist for the better half of a decade together. He's like one of my best friends. He's been trying to get me in with this crew for forever. And they're great guys too. I mean, I, I've known all those guys a very long time as well. I worked for Doc once with mm -hmm. Brown. And like we, we did a we did a tour together and that's how Brown got the gig in the first place. So yep. I know him. I don't really know the other guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I they wanted me to be head of security and the lighting guy. Yep. And the head of security part was I was like, oh my God, like they wanted me essentially with that I would have to go to the venue every day and give the security speech. Yep. I'd have to escort Tommy to and from VIP meet and greets and stuff like that. I wouldn't have to necessarily, I wouldn't be like walking around with in a black suit with a, like sunglasses on inside. But sure. um, that tour was, then I, I accepted that. So I, I had to tell the Monuments guys that I was going to find them a replacement and I was going to do this Bad Wolf tour. And that, that was supposed to start on the 5th. So that got canceled. Um, so. Um, this, this whole situation is insane. I was in, I was in Europe when the, when, when Trump announced the, uh, the cutting of the borders. And I was going to ask you about that. Cause I mean, I remember seeing that you were on that tour with after the burial, after the burial, a number of other bands. And then, you know, I was, I was saying to my wife, I was like, man, there's like, I have friends that are in Europe right now. Um, so I guess with that in mind, I mean, obviously there was a big hustle to get home. I think we, did, if I recall, you and I texted briefly about it. I think uh, so. Yeah, the, it, it was a night. It was a nightmare, man. It was like um, we we were we were in Switzerland and we played it. We played one of the best shows of the tour. Um, I was doing lighting and merch for them on that tour, um, and the tour was going great. Um, that night, I. I felt like I, I really did well. It's it's super hard in my experience, regardless of what band it is, to make the front man and the guitar players happy about lighting. So it's like either there's not enough for homie shredding, but the singer wants to look spooky, you know? And like the, everyone else wants to look spooky too, including the guitar player, but he also wants to see what he's doing. And it's this battle, you know? It's like a battle, and it takes a couple... A couple shows, sometimes a couple weeks to like figure out the rhythm between them. That show in Switzerland, I got everyone was like, Bill, that was great. I got love from everybody. I was like, this was great. I, I finally did it. 
everyone is happy. Um, was that at Kiff? Uh, it was at Kiff. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was a great rig. I love that venue. Great backstage, you know? Yep. And uh, so we're partying on the bus, and we have a day off. It's Roadie Friday, and we're, we're, we're going to, like, deadheaded to the UK and chill in Bristol, and then we're going to do this Bristol show. It's sold out, you know? And then four in the morning, we find out that the borders are getting closed. So we're like, fuck. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Well, we were like, fuck, we'll just go to sleep and figure it out in the morning. Like, it's four in the morning. Like, what do we do? Like, freak out and then have to do all this stuff tomorrow. So I just went to sleep, woke up, and it's like, tours cancel. We're going to deadhead it to the UK, go to London Heathrow, fly out of London Heathrow and get home. So we drove, had like met a trailer. The, we were on tour with the UK band Polar loaded all their stuff out of the gear, put it in the trailer, pulled out all the merch, had to consolidate it in as many, as few cardboard boxes as I could, tape everything with fucking Gorilla Tape. Uh, thank God Dan Carl brought Gorilla Tape. Um, he, he's he's crazy, but he, he brought multiple rows of Gorilla Tape that you could only get in the UK or like through online on Amazon. And he brought them all, and he's like, it was like his coveted thing on the tour. It was so funny. But okay. he yeah. the Gorilla Tape, taped up all the boxes and stuff, and got all the gear ready to go and put all stuff in the fly cases and everything. And it was just a crazy rush. And then we, like, went, got dropped off at the hotel near the airport. And I was in a weird boat because it was my second back-to-back uh, European tour. So I flew to Europe in February, early first week of February, to meet up with Leprous. I did a month with them, um, or not a month, I guess it was like three weeks. I did three weeks with them and left their tour in Toulouse. Okay. Directly into the After the Burial tour. So Leprous bought my ticket to fly into the tour, but to also fly home from the after the burial tour so they took both tours in mind right one ticket and then atb was going to split the cost with them and i don't know if if you guys fly to europe often but if let's say you right now you wanted to do a one-way ticket from here to london it'd be like a g right but if you want to do like a round trip tip trip to to london it'd be like 950 it's really weird a one-way ticket costs almost as much as a, a round-trip ticket. It's just yeah. like how it fucking works. So um, it was cheaper for Lepers to buy me a, a round-trip ticket and then split it, then buy me one flight, and then ATB buy, buy the other. The shitty thing is ATB's flight were bought through a travel agent. So when all this crazy shit happened, the travel agent was on it, took care of it, swagged them out, and they were good to go. But – my ticket was bought by a non-travel agent. The, the management had no information about it. Um, so I, I was like, fuck, like I'm in, I'm in London, you know? So yeah. I get a cab to the airport, show up to the airport. Meanwhile, I've been trying to call and I've been trying to use the app and I've been trying to use the website for United, but there's no way. It's like a seven hour wait on the phone and it's like a fuck. The app just says call. And the website just says call. 
So I'm like, fuck. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to the airport. I'm going to go to the source. I'm just going to talk to a human. I'm going to figure this out, you know? So fucking go to the London Heathrow and I get there and all of the United fucking things are fucking closed. Kiosk closed, kiosk closed. There's no one there. All the United flights are canceled for that night. There's no one to talk to. There's a couple phones like out in the front. And they're like, you know, if you pick this up, you'll talk to an agent. So there's all these like sad people on the phones and they're just like, oh, like all sad and shoulders down. And I show up and I'm like, oh, my God, no, fuck. So I'm like looking, watching these people and I walk up. I'm like, how long have you been waiting? And I I walk up to this woman. I'm like, how long have you been waiting, man? She's like an hour and 40 minutes. She's like this Indian woman and she's like crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, like, this woman gets up and she's like, I give up. She just, like, hangs up and walks away. So I picked up the phone next to the Indian lady and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to wait, you know. I've got nothing else to do. I've got nothing. I've got, I have to get home. So yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm, like, chilling and small talking with the Indian lady. And then this, like, old woman's there and I'm talking to her. And, you know, we're, like, all, like, chatting. And these two, like, <laughs> like, uh british soccer homies i guess is the best way of putting it showed up and uh we're like they had beers and i was like yo where'd you get that beer how close is it they're like oh it's right over there and i was like dudes if i give you money will you go get me a beer while i sit on this phone and they're like of course so i like gave him like 10 pounds and he like went over and he came back and gave me a huge pint of beer and like cheers with them and like i actually have a a picture on my phone of the three of us like in the airport with our beer but we just yeah just sat there like on the phone and finally the indian lady's uh phone picked up so she's like hey like you know i need to get home like blah 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 how much is it going to cost? And United is like, it's going to cost like $1,500, you know, for real. And she was just like, like, like an Indian woman's face went pale. Like I've never seen that. Like I was like, Oh my God. She, she, and I could hear like, she has it on speakerphone. You know, I'm holding the phone for, I don't know why I'm holding the phone by my head, but she has it on speakerphone. So I'm like, oh, my God. And she just starts crying and walks away. Wow. So I'm like, uh, and they're they're like, hello, ma'am. Hello. So I was like, hello. And I like picked the phone up and I was like, that woman walked away. But can you help me? Wow. (laughs) And she's like, yeah. So I told her my deal. And I'm like, hey, like, you know, I'm supposed to fly out of frankfurt in 10 days um through lufanza but it's lufanza united i'm in london at united lufanza's here too is there any way you can get me out she's like typing and she's like it'll cost you a hundred bucks that's great. So it's like sick. So I put my car down, fucking bought the fucking change of flight. It was for the following morning at like 10. I think it, I left at like 10 a.m. So I was like, all right, I'm sorted. So I fucking Ubered back to the hotel, had burgers, um, chilled. Um, uh, uh, Matt, you know Mike uh, Malian. 
Uh, yep. Malian. <clears throat> yeah, Mike Malian. Yep. Yeah. Um, he came to see me. Um, oh. Yeah, I, uh, he usually comes and sees me every time I'm in London. Um, he uh, he came to the airport with his wife, and they kicked it with me, and we had a drink together. We, we drank a left blonde beer, and uh, I tried to get him to have a second one, but he wouldn't have it because he had to drive, which is responsible. Very. Right? He's a good he's, – he's one of the best dudes. He's actually saved my ass a couple times. Um, me and Joe, he saved our asses recently, uh, funny enough. But, yeah, he, he's, he's uh, one of the best people, so shout out to, to Mikey. Yeah, I love that guy. I love him. But he came to see me. He came to see me, and I, I was, like, zombie fucking tired from, like, hanging till 4 in the morning the night before and then waking up and then having to do the cross-load and, and to reorganize everything. And, and not to be – not to lie, Dan Carl had a bottle of Red Label scotch that he had been hiding in his bunk the whole tour. And when <laughs> we found out everything went south, he just pulled it out and just put it on the table, and we annihilated the scotch bottle before we had to, like, get out and – organize everything it was was like a it was like a weird long day that had scotch in it and a ferry that we all drank on and it was it was a hell of a day were were you guys anywhere where you were potentially exposed or was anybody worried about getting sick at all given the situation none of us were worried about getting sick um we switzerland apparently was the first thing that like flagged apparently they they banned shows that had more than a thousand people Mm-hmm. Um, shows I think hits like a 550 cap or it's like a 450 cap or something yeah. like that. So I was like, well, we're way under the radar. They change their uh, temporary legislature about you know gigs, then we'll be fucked. But otherwise, we're sick. You know, we're way under the G, uh, the G cap. And then uh, we were supposed to play Milan, but that shit got canceled like way before the show. Milan yeah. was, was like, you know, sh- on shutdown. I was just in Italy with Leprous, um, but we did Parma. Um, we didn't do Milan or um, um, any, any place like that. I did Milan in November um, previous to that. Right. We, we just did Parma on that I- Italian show. And the, no one no one got sick from that tour. That tour ended perfectly, perfectly yeah. fine. That's um, good. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard some nightmares. Obviously, we've all seen them um, out of different bands, like you know the Death Angel guys, and yeah, yeah, some of those other guys that were out <clears throat> um, in Italy at, right at that time that they all got sick, and yeah, it's I, I can't imagine um, I, getting home with that panic was probably a very intense experience, and it sounds like it was. Um, and man, what a relief to just like touch down at home. I would guess, Amazing. you know, just, just to be back. Um, what, uh, so let's, okay. Let's say, you know, the grants come in, that's all good. Um, but let's say the industry takes a good year from now to get back up and running. Do you, have you thought about kind of what, what you would do and what your plan is? Well, my original plan was Uber. I was like, I'm going to get this car and I'm going to do Uber and that's my thing. I don't know how feasible that is going to be. Um, sure. About having strangers in the car and having to disinfect the car. What are the what are the circumstances surrounding that? And like, do, do I want to do airport trips where I'm picking people up from different states? And um, it, it's kind of it's kind of uh, all kind of up in the air. Um, 
I've thought about like someone was like, oh, you can go get an easy job at UPS and lift some boxes and just like crush it. But there's no way I'm pissing in a cup without Bob Marley himself rising from the fumes of it. Um, so it's like I, I'm like, what do I do? I, what do I what do I want to go waste my time and like waste their time and and then they're like, oh, you have to pee in this, and I'm like, well, fuck, fuck me, and fuck you, I'm out. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> smoke bomb. You know, yeah. you know, disappear into the ether. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, I, and and then I, I I don't know. It's like, what do I want? I I don't. I'm not going to go work at a fast food place. I'm not going to go work at Taco Bell or something like that, you know? Um, So I'm kind of as horrible as it is to say, like, um, I haven't, I don't have an end game. I'm banking. Well, I'm supposed to, my May tour got canceled June. I'm supposed to go to fucking Australia with Haybreed. Right. Um, I, this year, was going to be the sickest year ever as far as gigs. Um, uh, Matt, have you gone to uh, Australia before? Yeah, many times. Yep. It's a, it's a great, great place to tour. Have you had time when you were there to hang or have you been like grindy airport sleeping? Yeah. We've always, I mean, it's, we've, I've had both. Um, I've done, tours there where it's like literally play the show go to the hotel sleep for three hours wake up go to the airport fly to the next show and do it all again in five days um i've done tours where it's a little bit more laid back we did a devon townsend tour that was really chill we've done tours there with animals as leaders Um, we did a dillinger tour there which was great Um, but i also did a clinic tour like a drum clinic tour myself in Australia. And that was the tour where I really got extra time, um, to just explore and see each city that I was in. And, um, it's funny. I was texting with my buddy, Chris, who is, was the rep from the company that that I was there with. Chris is, uh, one of the greatest dudes. He's, I mean, he's the man. Um, I was texting with him last night, but he's from Melbourne. He took me around all the cities he's been everywhere took me to all the good restaurants took me to all the good coffee spots we had a blast um so yes i to, the the long answer to your short question is i've been there i've experienced it it's great um we as a band you know have been trying to to get back there obviously that's all in flux now we had a tour scheduled for june in europe italy um UK, Germany, all those city, you know, countries, major cities within those countries. Um, and we've, you know, we've obviously canceled just like everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's very hard and I, not to cut you off, but I mean, it's very hard to think that like in a month or two from now, things are going to be able to go back to normal where you have, um, it's a pipe dream. Yeah. Hundreds or thousands of people in a, in a, closed enclosed space for hours at a time sweating on each other yeah you know? um it's tough but i guess this you know it, i'm kind of in a way i mean i appreciate the fact that you're honest and open about this this question because i don't think you're alone at all there's a lot of people who 
I mean, everybody who's been hit by this, it's been unprecedented. It, it, you couldn't have planned for this. And I think a lot of people, especially in our industry, are kind of waiting it out and hoping that the prognosis <clears throat> is better than what people are saying. <clears throat> and I'm, dude, I'm seeing managers and label dudes who don't even tour be like, well, I'm going to have to find a new gig. You know, uh, and it's, it's scary. Uh, it's scary, man. Like, yeah. I'm worried about. Like, I feel like I'm I'm in a position like I'm very fortunate, and I don't have to pay a ton of money for rent. Um, my my girlfriend's brother is my landlord. He owns the house. I literally pay two hundred dollars a month for rent. I'm right. a spoiled person in that regard. I know it's not like that for everybody. I feel like I'm in a position where I can weather this. You know, um, a lot of people aren't in a position and I'm worried about all the crew dudes I'm going to lose. Like the bands aren't going to dissolve, you know, like the bands will still be there because a lot of people have, you know, side hustles or they have gigs already that sustain them being able to do the band in the first place and have a crew. But crew guys are going to disappear from this. Because people are going to be put in a position where they have to fucking, they have to play a different set of cards and things have to change because they have to put electricity in their outlets and food on their table. You know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a, it's a real bummer, man. I'm, I'm hoping to God that it doesn't fucking, it isn't this thing that lasts for forever, but it's the only thing that it, it, it doesn't, it's improbable that it's anything but that. Sure. Let, I, I was going to say, Bill, it's, in in one breath, it's an awful thing to to talk about or to even consider, but like it's real, it's the truth, and this is also your livelihood, it's your future, it's your ability to you know provide for yourself and and your girl, and and if you ever want you know kids or more pets or whatever it may be. So if if you're one of those guys that can ride this out, um, look, this could put you in a position um, to really. Uh, get a, a, a better paid work in the future that this could put you in a position to, you know, move up that, that hierarchical chain maybe a bit quicker than if you were kind of playing uh, this game at the same rate as everyone else. Um, so I'm wondering if you've even put thought into that or how you can sharpen whether your skills or even just networking with this time off. Well, to be, to be, to be fair, getting the bad wolves gig was like a skyrocket thing. Yeah, Totally. To go skyrocketing from there would freak me out. I think the <laughs> the bad wolf thing, the bad wolf thing is going to be insane. Yeah. And, but the cool thing about this time off, and and shout out to Travis again, um, he knows um, that I took that gig, and I hit him up and I asked him out. He was one of the people that I called when I was in Europe, and I was like, "Yo, should I do this?" And he's like, "Yes." And then as soon as all this happened with the quarantine, um, the he hit me up and he's like, yo, there's like two lighting companies. There's like Avo and there's MA. And those are the two brands that are like the staples for lighting, for venues to have. There, there's there's other ones. There's like Hog and there's, there's Chauvet and there's stuff like that. But there's the two heavy hitters are Avo and MA. And the company for North America that runs MA is called ACT. ACT was offering free courses on how to run their board, 
um, because of the quarantine if you had this promo code. Travis had the promo code. So he hit me up and was like, hey, I know you're learning. Take these classes. Here's a promo code. This will make everything for everything free. So I yep. went on the fucking website and I added everything to my cart and it was like four or five hundred dollars worth of classes that I got to type this little code in, made it completely free, and I have until June to complete everything. And it's going to take me from here to here, and I'm like halfway through it all. But it's all because of Travis. Right. But there's there's all these like because of the quarantine, there's all these cool resources that are out there that you could take advantage of um, to to try and learn and tr to try and grow during the downtime, so that when it all comes back, I can come heavy hidden and and have more to bring to the table and be be more employable. So that that's what I'm working on. Um, I'm I originally had this whole gangster plan where I was going to like crash course everything and have this, uh, I was going to get a lighting board sent to my house and I was going to fucking program the whole show and I was going to have a month. Um, but the whole, everything getting canceled, like none of that ended up happening and I got to figure it all out still. But yeah, it's this, it's, it's, I, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited for it all to come back. I'm hoping that the whole year doesn't fall apart just because I had it down to the T. I literally knew what I was doing until December. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping some of that stays, you know, and, and then I don't know how the rescheduling is going to happen or how that's going to com create conflictions down the path. Um, yeah, but I'm, I, 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 I'm excited to see how it all flops out. Um, yeah. I am holding my breath, you know? Um, yeah. I, I am. I am holding my breath. You have to. And I, I mean, especially because, you know, like uh, I, I would imagine, especially knowing the guys, you know, that you work with um, and even know, like knowing the guys in Bad Wolves and their camp and what their plans are, they're not they're going to get back out there. I would imagine that any recommendation to have you come out with them from Robbie Brown um, is still going to be solid. So, I mean. I don't think you're going to have any shortage of work when the time comes. It's just how do you weather it in the interim? And it sounds like you do have a good, um, a good setup, but I mean, it's just, it's something that a lot more people are having to think about. I think, again, there are certain people that are a little bit better, um, mentally able to, to weather this, right? Like, there's a lot of people that are experiencing some serious shit. Maybe it is physical issues, meaning like, um, like rent is higher or mortgage is higher or they have kids or they, you know, they have different kinds of health issues or, or, or more intense bills to pay or whatever it may be. Some of us are, are maybe luckier in that sense. Um, but I guess the point I'm getting at is like, there's two things that I think people can be doing during this time that can really help them. One is figuring out what, how can I use this time productively? You taking lighting courses is a great example of that and putting your, your, you know, your free time to good use so that when you do get out there, you're out there with way more in your tool belt than you had before. That's huge. And, you know, I think we're all doing that to some degree. Joe's learning how to do 3d modeling on, you know, on online, amongst other things, Jordan, 
you aside from putting real sick art behind you for this podcast today between two what looks like almost ferns is pretty sick even though they're not ferns but i mean you're you're working on stuff too we're doing this podcast i'm working on a lot of personal things i mean we have to take advantage of that stuff right now because just sitting around and waiting for something that we can't control is going to drive us nuts and, and undoubtedly will chip away at the mental health and physical health. But the other thing I was going to say too, and Bill, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast a long time ago. In fact, I just got a, um, I think it was this morning. I got a notification of, I think three years ago, Jordan was the day that we did the podcast on what I'm about to say. But I want to bring this up again because maybe, like, Bill, I don't know if you've thought about this, um, but this is an exercise that anybody can do right now who is in a situation where it's like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know how to make money. I, you know, I don't know what – I don't want to do certain things. There's certain things I can and can't do. So anyway, the point I'm getting at um, is if you've never done it before – Actually take some time, get a piece of paper and a pen and make a couple different lists that can actually work together in tandem. And, and those lists are very specific. So list one is what are all the things that I'm really, really good at? And remember that you're the only one who's going to read this list. So get rid of all humility, get rid of all modesty and straight up just list every possible thing that you're good at and it can be stuff that like you may never ever use in you know your normal job but think about things you're good at right now that just list it all just literally list it even if it's ridiculous stuff list it and then the second list which you put next to it is what are my passions what do i love to do Right. And again, don't be modest there either. Just list everything you enjoy. It can be anything from like doing lights to making people laugh to having a good beer to whatever. And and I'm sort of talking about you in that case, Bill. But like for anybody, list the things you're really good at and the things that you love and start looking at at connections between those. And you'll start to see how many things are actually related and how many of those things can actually fit into a box together. And what you sort of get out of that and or can get out of that is a, a realization of like, wow, I never really thought about putting this and this and this together. But that's a brand new thing for me and maybe for other people that you might be able to either simply utilize for passing the time, getting better at something helping somebody else out or in a whole other case scenario, the best case scenario is you realize, wait a minute, this is something that I can actually do right now that I can monetize and I can provide value to other people. Um, one sec, Joe. And then by doing that, you've, because there is all this uncertainty of time in front of us that we're going to be home or not doing normal work, you actually start devoting your time into that thing because what the fuck else do we have to lose at this point? This is the time to try something new like that where most people would say, well, I have my normal job or I have this responsibility or that responsibility. I don't have time. Well, now a lot of us have nothing but time to try something that is a little bit more entrepreneurial or 
unexpected, but involves not only the talents you have, but the things you love to do. And next thing you know, you've created a, a, a new career path or a new arm of that career path. So I don't know. I don't know if you thought about that. And I don't want to, it's not even something that like anybody listening has to take seriously, but now is the time to try things like that. And it's a very, at the very least, it's really cool to get certain things out of your head onto a piece of paper, look at them and say, man, like these are all the things I could be doing in a day to make myself and other people happy at the very least that you may have never, you just don't think about until you're tasked with thinking about it. Um, so that's my challenge is for anybody listening to this and you know, even you guys, if you haven't done this is make those two lists, look at it and start to think about really interesting things that we could take advantage of right now to either make us happy, make others happy or create lucrative situations for ourselves. And I'm not saying this as a bystander. I'm saying this because that is literally how I decided what I was going to do with my career that I um, created surrounding the band, right? The band, the music, the drumming, that's at the core of my passions and my talents and the things I love and, and I'm good at. But everything else that was around that center came from this exact exercise. I didn't just like fall into the things I'm doing now. I actually like manifested them by realizing holy shit, these are things I can do in tandem with my core. Now I can start working towards making them happen. And when you start working towards making things happen, they happen. Um, so that's, that's the point I wanted to bring up. Um, and, and again, I don't, I don't mean, don't take this the wrong way, Bill. I don't want to shove this down your throat, but someone like you who is smart and who has a lot of talents and a lot of abilities and is passionate and knows what they love should be taking advantage of this time more so right than than and again i don't mean this in a bad way and i'm not saying this is solely what you're doing but more so than just like waiting for the chips to fall into place take advantage of it and take control of it because we all can and and i and i I think there are a shit ton of people that can relate to that mentality because it is, again, an unexpected scenario that fell into their laps. And if you don't know how to sort of figure out what to do next, something as simple as that list could be the spark that lights something. And the very last thing I'll say about that is I was in that spot when I made that list. We're going back years now, but it was 2007. I had no fucking clue what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I like had all these things, but I had to make a decision between trying to do this big lofty thing of being in a band and being a musician and going down that road as hard as it is and as stacked fucking, you know, the challenges there are stacked or go get an easy job that I can build a career with that, that's an easy path and you know, go back to school or whatever it is. And like, that's where I was. It was like, okay, well, there, I mean, there wasn't a pandemic, but I was definitely waffling in a situation where it's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know which direction to go and I don't really have any urgency, but I do have urgency and, you know, I need to figure it out. And I was reading a lot of books at the time. And one of the books that I read, they were like self-help, like, you know, financial based books. One of them had this 
exercise. And it spoke to me and I did it and I looked at it and then I looked at it the next day after I made the list and I looked at it another day after that and then I stuck it on my wall next to my bed, this list that I made and I just fucking, it all started to make sense of like, all right, I got to eat shit for a while. You know, I'm going to still wait tables and I'm going to still do shit I don't want to do for a temporary period of time. But if I keep going, I can build and build and build and build and build. And then eventually I can have this thing that I want. So I know it's long winded, but I think that's something that a lot of people, even outside of the music business right now, could take advantage of because, again, there's just no negative side of it. You know, I'm fired up right now, dude. Mm. Joe, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, it's kind of, I guess, going off that point, like, you've got a huge bank of unique skills and knowledge that so many people would want to learn. Um, And I think for someone who's not in the, the tour business in the world, it's a very sort of it's like a dark arts business. It's like, if you're not, if you haven't got those connections, you, you just got no idea of where to start, how to start learning, how to start getting into it. So like, even just, and like, you've also got the skill of being like incredibly charismatic, humorous, easy to listen to, easy to talk to, and just being like a really fun dude to listen to. Like those two, like teaching your skills with your skills of communication to me that just seems like a winning combo especially at the moment when people are looking to learn so i don't know if you've thought about that even just like a podcast of you talking shit about touring and how it works like that could be really valuable to people and i don't know potentially enjoyable for for the longest time i've wanted to do a series where i didn't know if it would be with video and i've i've joked about doing it on tour and at where you do the the faux pas of tour like the 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 do's and the don'ts like how to be a local band to show up at a venue and not completely piss everyone like off. Everybody hate you. Like, like, <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, we practiced for so long. And we have these songs that we wrote, and they're fucking awesome. And we're gonna cover Lincoln Park, but there's this breakdown, and it's gonna be sick. And oh my god, the band is gonna totally watch the whole set, and everyone's gonna watch it, and it's gonna be amazing. And then they show up, and you like take the parking space, and then. You like set your merch up first and then you like load your kit like in and just start building everything like right in front of the stage. And like there's there's like there's like a checklist of like things you could do that will make everyone's skin crawl. And that and it and it's completely different in Europe. Like, like Europe is its own thing entirely, and there's all these different culture uh, in every fucking city. And usually, there's not local bands in Europe, which is a good thing. So. <laughs> but you are right. I, but look, I see. Here's the thing. I think that's a great idea for one, and I think that you have the experience and the charisma to talk about that kind of thing. Um, but the broader the broader thing to, to consider uh, from Joe's point that I don't see a lot of people really taking advantage of, of right now is sharing of expertise. 
And that is something that is always going to be valuable on both sides of the coin, meaning the person sharing something has value to offer and is able to monetize that information and that experience. And the person on the other end is learning something valuable that they can apply to their lives that they can eventually hopefully use to monetize themselves in some way. And they're willing to pay for that valuable black arts, you know, dark arts information. Um, and it's not just music based, but, but in this case, you know, I, I, I really think that that is a very smart direction for people that are listening to this right now, no matter what medium you're in, you do something that likely no one else does the same way you do. If you really think about it. And that's something that is very valuable that, that everybody has. And that is easy to communicate right now. And whether that is through podcasting or just making videos and putting it out there or by offering you know, explicitly services like, Hey, I can consult or, Hey, I can do lessons or, Hey, want to get into this thing? I'll help you do it. And, you know, you modestly charge for it given the situation that everybody's in. And, you know, maybe it's not the premium price that you might charge, um, down the line when everybody's back to normal, but that is such a fantastic direction to go for many of us. Um, and, and I don't see enough people taking advantage of it. And, um, just to disclose something that I have not, I've not talked to any of you guys about, um, that I never thought I'd be doing again, but I am doing now is, uh, I'm, I'm working with some really great people on developing, um, and it'll be some time, but I'm developing a new app that will be based around sharing information like we're talking about. You know, I had the band happy thing going on for a while. That went away. I was very hesitant to get into that thing again, but I think we found a way that could be really beneficial. And I'm not saying this to like toot a horn. I'm saying this because that is my way of exercising things that I know things that I'm good at, things that I have that I haven't wanted to take advantage of that could actually help people in this time that normally I would never fuck with this again. I'm doing it now because of the potential it has to help a lot of people that don't have an outlet for doing literally what we're, what we're talking about. You know, that's my motivation. Um, and I, and again, just to draw, to bring it back to the point that I was making, it's like, I'm not just sitting here relying on the things that I already do every day. I am taking advantage of this time to try something new that has that perfect mix of value on both sides that I was able to identify by sitting down and thinking about the situation as um, the motivator for what I have to offer and what I love to do and can I positively affect the situation and that's another way to look at this list it's not just for yourself it's there's a lot of people that may need xyz do i have any talents and any passions that i could provide to help 
And that's a whole other way of looking at it. And that's why I bring this up. You know? Absolutely. So I don't know. But um, I don't know where anything's going to go for, for any of us given this time. The only thing that we can really control is what we do on a daily basis. And um, I think the more proactive and productive we can be and the more we consider our own mental health and the mental health and physical health of others, the more we're at least in the right ballpark, you know? And again, that's the reason we're doing this podcast again, at least initially, it's something that I think I hope will continue even beyond this because it is a great, it's been a great reminder to get back into doing this and having these conversations and it's stimulating in a lot of ways, but I hope, um, I hope we all can take advantage of this time right now because there is a lot of potential to do good um, instead of just waiting. Yeah. Um, look, this podcast has been, and, and the Facebook community too, has been one of the silver linings of this pandemic. Um, it's something that I've had an itch to continue doing. Um, and, you know, we all, the, the three of us had, or I think separate reasons to, uh, to let it be dormant for a bit. But I know for me, you know, I, I had taken on a full-time job in pro wrestling on top of a therapy career and a music career. Um, and the way we were doing this podcast prior uh, had a lot of good structure, but with that structure came um, just a lot of just time and energy commitment. Um, now that it's back, you know, and, and I, with, with our good friend, Jeff Blake, you know, he and I started a, a, a different type of weekly um, you know, conversation where we're sharing video. And uh, this is something I'm committed to, you know, if best case scenario, like some uh, something fucking happens and we're all just, uh, you know, not sick anymore. Those that are, are contracting this, this virus, um, I'll still be doing this. Um, yeah. I'm glad to be doing this. Uh, look, I'm glad to be sharing time with, with people like Bill. Um, Bill, you're the fucking man and happy belated 420, by the way. um so yeah and and, oh yeah dude um but but to to reference the the exercise that that matt was generously sharing uh look i i think uh, a project like chocolate croissants as a podcast but also as a facebook community uh it it both um utilizes and my 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 passions uh, multiple passions whether it's for community building or music uh or for for mental health or just conversation writing uh, writing yeah. Yeah. yeah um so these are things i'm passionate about but also uh you know the skill set that i have and the value that um you know i i have to share with the world and uh doing it in this public platform and also doing it with with partners uh, like you guys it, it it holds me accountable and my own self-awareness, I've realized when I'm just doing shit by myself, um, it's not as enjoyable. Like, I love the camaraderie. I love uh, the, the support and the community building in it. That's why I fucking love playing in bands. Um, and this feels in many uh, aspects like being in a band and creating in community with other people. Yeah, I agree with that. And, it, and right now, that camaraderie is more important than ever. Because we may only be seeing, you know, the the one other person or the the, the few other people w- that we're living with on a daily basis, um, we may only be able to have so many conversations with those people before we've literally talked about everything there is to talk about, and we see the same things, we're doing the same things, and, um, you know, a lot of people, even if they can't have those 
um, conversations with others themselves want to tap into something like this conversation and get a different perspective. So, you know, and Bill, you know, we've even briefly discussed it, but, you know, I think you um, getting out there and talk with the amount of people in your, in your, the, in the Bill community, which you have created yourself by being a, um, a person that, that attracts others to them, you know, a lot, you have so many friends and people that, uh, could offer a perspective that I think is really interesting and special right now. And at the very least, you know, you could re- Skype literally allows you to record calls now. Like you just hit a button in Skype and it records video and audio. Dude, you could do this every day with, with so many people. Um, and it's like at the very least remaining relevant in that sense, exposing new conversations, new stories, doing it on your own terms is something that like so many people could benefit from. Um, I would watch you talk to Dusty for hours or Wes or who, you know what I mean? Like I can think of so many people that like, I would love to watch you communicate with and just sit there and watch. <laughs> I'm just saying. So anyway, the point oh, is I, like, I, I need to do it. Well, I, we talked about me doing it years ago and I never did anything with it. And yeah. since then, some of your, one of your listeners, his name is Aaron. I don't know his last name. He follows me on Instagram. He, he messaged me and he's like, yo dude, just so you know, like uh, if you ever do a podcast, He's like, I'm an audio guy, and I will do anything you need me to do for free. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I just want to help you. And uh, uh, shout out to Mike, uh, Mikey from Boreworm. They're a, a sick-ass band from Detroit. Um, used to be the Yellow Sign. Took the Contortionist on their first tour ever. He's been like a Contortionist road dog homie since the beginning of time. Um, but he does graphic design. And he's like, oh, you know, I'll help you do your thing. And so I had like a logo guy and I had an audio guy and I just never did it because my touring schedule picked up. Um, but now maybe now is maybe the time to seize the day. There's no there really there's, there is no better time. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm not doing yeah. anything. You know? Dude, I like I have an extra mic. I'll like I'll get it to you. Just <laughs> I'm serious. Like just just do it because now now is the time. And when you really think about what it takes, um, from your perspective, if you have people that can help you with the production of it, but you're able to have the conversations, it is literally as easy as what I did with you. Yo, man, you free Wednesday? Let's talk. Yeah. That's it. And this is something that can be entertaining, helpful, positive, inspiring, any number of words that will help people during this time that you have the power to do. And again, whether it's monetizable, which, you know, fuck, big podcasts are very lucrative, or whether it's just simply to pass the time in a positive way, it's worth time, it's worth doing. And there's probably a lot of other people out there that haven't taken advantage of their networks, their skills their abilities, talents, passions, um, and now they can. So I don't know. I think that that's, that's the big moral today is we all can make sure that, that we're checking ourselves to do that 
in whatever method that we each have the ability to do. Um, so yeah, so that being said, I have to wrap up. Unfortunately, I got to bail in a second. Um, but I just want to say, Bill, I mean, it's always good to see you and talk to you and I wish I could hug you in person and hang out in person. Um, and we will undoubtedly for sure. Um, but I appreciate you being here and being open about what's going on and just, it's just good to talk to you, man. It's been a while. So I'm, I'm stoked that you, that you came on. It's been too long. Um, I, it's the, the pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me guys. Um, it was a pleasure to meet you both as well. Likewise. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Yep. Yeah. Let's just do it on your podcast. On your, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now the stage is set. I'm going to have to message my two guys and be like, hey, remember that thing we talked about like two years ago when I was drunk? Well, I kind of want to do it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, should, you should do it on Twitch. Yeah, that, the, the, honestly, um, the, the Twitch thing is something I like I've been I, all I've been doing is playing fucking video games. But mm-hmm. I've been like playing with Robbie Baca. I've been playing with Jerry, my old lighting guy. And Robbie Bauckham brought up Twitch to me and how he wants to start doing that. And, you know, forgive me for blowing up your spot, Robbie Baca, but people will probably message you about it. Um, he he wants to start streaming, and he's yeah. inspired by the Fit for an Autopsy guys. Yeah. I did a tour with Haybreed, and they were our first of five, uh, the Fit guys, and they stream all the time. And it's extremely lucrative, and they're killing it. Yeah. yeah. They start... Because the premium guy was doing it, and he's killing it. You know, yeah. so it's like that's. I feel like that's the next thing, and you could. I can incorporate video games and even just listening to records. You know, there's a million things that can happen with that. So that's yeah. something I've considered. You should do that. I watched um, part of Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park's live Twitch stream today. He raised ten thousand dollars today for. Um, a COVID relief foundation, literally just streaming today. That's so, amazing. I mean, it's, it's lucrative. And again, rather than just even streaming video games, which is obviously something you can do, you do have other great potential content to bring to the table. Like we just discussed and having conversations like that, um, with, with people that, that we know and love that a lot of people would be interested to hear from is great. And I just, I don't know, man, you're a conversationalist. Think about it. So Joe, that, that's a, I think that's a excellent medium to consider. So yeah, yeah let's, you should think about it, dude. I will. Cool. Jordan. Yes. Want, uh, take us out. Yeah. I'll be brief. Uh, look, historic show, historic episode today, guys, there were two separate Lincoln park references. Uh, what a trivia fact for a year <laughs> from now. Um, Facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Uh, engage with us. Uh, we are there. It's something that I'm paying attention to every single day. Um, I like like a like a lovely house plant. It's something that I want to water. Um, and uh, if you are listening, you are warmly welcome to join. Um, some of us have may seen a, a meme or some kind of quote just uh, floating around. It says something to the effect of, uh, "All of us as human beings are are like house plants." Uh, but with more complicated emotions. So with that said, uh, every day, let's make sure that we're drinking water and we're getting some sunlight and fresh air. That is what I will leave us with. Uh, Wild Bill, my friend, great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Joe John Hamilton, I love you, my friend. Matthew J. Halpern, 
dude, you were fucking on fire today. Like for real, I'm I'm very inspired by yeah. by your energy, and uh, I am going to to take it and and apply it effectively. So cold uh, showers, cold showers, cold showers. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> Good. If you got eczema, cold showers. That's the. That's the. Oh, dude. Yes. I'm literally allergic to the sun, and I get eczema from being in the sun. So it's great. Yeah. It's anyway. Real, real talk. Well, wow. well, I do not know how to pivot out of that, but the only thing that I can say is until next time. A bye bye. <laughs>